You're listening to Halloween, The Definitive Companion with your hosts, my good friend Daniel Krupa and me, Gav Murphy. Today, we're stepping into the world of Rob Zombie for his take on Michael Myers. And as an old friend once said, sick breeds sick. Okay, Daniel, what is the premise of Rob Zombie's Halloween? Michael Myers is a disturbed child, and on Halloween, he kills four people and is sent to Smith Grove Sanitarium, where he spends the next 15 years before escaping on Halloween to track down his baby sister, Boo. I don't know, right, how you watch the original Halloween, right? And go, oh, I've got an idea how to tell this story, actually. <laughs> what I'm going to do is I'm just going to take out all the class and all the subtleties and nuances of the original. I'm just going to make everyone say the word fuck like 500 times. Mm, uh, some hillbillies. Um, you know, Carpenter told him to go make it his own, and he very much did that. <laughs> Be careful what you wish for, John. Watching this, because I've not seen it since he originally came out. I think I was at uni and I saw this at the cinema. Same. I thought it's quite interesting how the film ends and how it credits the original. It's just based on a film mm. by John Carpenter. So it's weird. It's For me, it's almost like part fan fiction. Because the first half is it's part remake, part yes. reboot. Yeah. So the second half, you get to Laurie 55 minutes in. Mm. From there, it's almost modernizing a lot of those original scenes. Yeah. But the first 50 minutes is him going off on this tangent. And it, that first 50 minutes is interesting. Do I think it's good? That's a different question. Mm. But I do think it's interesting because it's, it's, it's showing you stuff that I guess as a fan of the series, you've always thought about. Like what, what happened in the sanitarium in mm. Smith Grove and some of the early script treatments for this before Rob Zombie was attached was Michael Myers, the lost years. That's right. Yeah. So yeah. going into that time period because they basically fucked it after resurrection. Yeah. I think we, we should talk about that stuff quite a lot. Yeah. Like, I think, Cause that is the new original stuff. It adds to it. Well, that's the, this is the sort of, do you know what? For a bit, right. Take out how everyone talks. Because, I mean, I don't even know if Rob Zombie's ever heard humans have a conversation before because they're certainly not having a, a human conversations in this film. Like, they, nobody talks like anybody in the real world talks. And I know you can say it was a film and he's created this world or whatever, but it's just, I just find it laborious. So I was like, listening to that stepdad or whatever is, all those scenes at the beginning. Somebody around here has got to make some money. I'm all broken up here, bitch. I can't work. Yeah, and whose fault is that? God, you're pathetic. You know that new waitress over at the bingo lounge? She can give me the freaky eye. Oh, the whore with the big tits hanging down to her knees? Maybe I'll choke the chicken, purge my snorkel all over them flappy ass tits. Good, we'll have a good fucking time. I will. I hope she likes cripples. Bitch, I will crawl over there and I will skull fuck the shit out of you. Oh, I'll get the crutches for you. I think the word is revolting. Yeah. It's just a revolt. Yeah. Like, he makes a cum reference in the first, like, ten minutes. Yeah. And it's just... It's all buzzing. It's just, it is. It, the film smells. Yeah, absolutely. It's just, being yeah. In that, I guess, but that is the point. And the big departure in this film mm. is Michael Myers, and Loomis says this, you know, when people talk about serial killers or the nature versus nurture debate, yeah. he says Michael Myers was in the perfect for both. He had this predilection towards violence anyway, but he was in the worst environment possible for someone with those impulses. Yes. So he has all the early signs that we know from like, you know, because our culture is suffused with serial killer stuff. We all know the stuff that torturing animals is yeah. a telltale sign, not having remorse is a telltale sign. So it's really interesting that Loomis comes and visits him in school yeah. before even the events of Halloween take place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you saying Michael did this? 
Michael loves animals. He... Why would he do this? Mrs. Myers, typically the thrill of hurting or causing pain to smaller creatures, it's often an early warning sign. Early warning sign for what? For much deeper and bigger problems. So that's interesting differences. Like, I think if you're going to remake a film, do something different at least. I thought that was one of the best things, uh, one of the best elements that comes into it, because it's a really good reason for Loomis to be obsessed as he is with Michael, because he says in the film, like, I failed you. And he really feels like, as a, as a whatever he is, a counsellor, that he's actually failed small Michael. Well, this is the huge difference between this and the original. Because if Michael Myers isn't pure evil, he's not pure evil in this. Yeah. It's going to ruin the end of this podcast now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he is a serial killer. He is a psychopath. He's yeah. gone through trauma, and it's resulted in killing people. Mm -hmm. Therefore, Loomis, as a psychiatric doctor, yeah. has failed him. Whereas in the original, you can't... You no. can't redeem pure evil. No, yeah. So there's a, there's a real difference in the emotional relationship between Loomis and Michael here, because here he has failed him. He mm. hasn't done his job. Absolutely as well. I think the thing that I I, I just realized when I was watching it was like, I did enjoy kind of seeing little Michael in the sanatorium and see him sort of going through things. I just don't think that anything that bad happened. I couldn't quite pinpoint where the the flick was other than the fact that he really wanted to go home. But I don't think anything, I don't think Rob Zombie had an idea for what actually is the trigger point in there for him turning from little Michael who kills animals and does something really, and flicks and kills his stepdad and that, to him putting this mask on mm. and not want to take the mask off. I, I just think nothing really happens enough, big enough. And I feel that there's not a big enough idea for a catalyst there for me. There's uh, not enough of a decline. No. Yeah, well, they saw it introducing the idea of him communicating through masks and yeah. there are some deleted and lost scenes that it, it, he starts wearing different masks to communicate and there's a right. bit where there's a scene I don't know if it was ever shot but I was reading about it and it's a really good line where he says he wants to go home and he goes Michael that's never going to happen yeah. and I think Michael says well I've got nothing left to say anymore right and imagine that being the last thing you ever say I mean he's really stuck to his promise there I like that though I guess yeah there isn't even though there are all those Smith Grove scenes because mm. it's weird because after the killings he almost pops back into being quite happy-go-lucky Michael yeah it's almost like he's blacked out it's and dissociated he, he doesn't really know that. anything what's gone on or anything because um, he wears one of those masks where there's a few scenes of him wearing other masks that one where he's just scribbled it in all black yeah which is quite interesting I guess and, and he's still talking when he's got mm. that one on as well which I kind of like I like the mask thing if not, if not anything else it makes his cell look really cool yeah well it's good to do arts and crafts isn't yeah it? something to do isn't it <laughs> yeah get him off the bench press he's doing arts and well, crafts I, I like the fine. idea of um because I think in one treatment he would communicate what he wanted by wearing a different mask mm. so feed me you'd put on the mask that said food on it oh so, I guess that could be quite Annoying after a bit to watch that in a film. The rest of the film, just like trying to communicate. <laughs> but also, I was just like, take oh off, shit, where's this? On, where's like... that mask? I put the wrong one on. Yeah. Oh, I got water. I didn't want water. Oh. It's hard to make a mask, you know? I was thinking this, like, it's actually hard because you've got to measure the string for your head, right? Yeah, so, that was on the hardest thing in the world. No, but you're like, it's still fiddly. It's fiddly, yeah. It's still for a big man. For a kid to for, do as I'm well. A big man for a little well. kid and then a guy with massive I remember hands. I once had to make a mask for history or geography. Right. Looking back, I don't think it was a terribly tasteful act because they were basically, oh, do you want to make like a culture, like a tribal mask? I was oh, like, no. I should probably 
Good that there's no pictures of that. Yeah, now. maybe we should be doing that actually. Um, yeah. Well, yeah, actually, I, I just made mine look like Darth Maul. Yeah, <laughs> it's a good mask. It's, it's a good mask. mask. It's it, yeah, it's a, it's a, just a strange one, isn't it? Um, this is really interesting though. I didn't realize this, and um, it's interesting that we're recording it this week as well. So you know, like for ages, this film held a record. It was like the oh, best Labor Day, Labor Day weekend thing. And it's just been beat by Shang-Chi this week. Yeah. So I saw Rob Zombie. I went up for some reason. I don't know why. I don't need any more Rob Zombie in my life this week. But I just checked his Instagram. And um, he's good. I was like, why is he congratulating Shang-Chi? And I was like, oh, right. It's, it's just big Shang-Chi fan. It's, it's, held, it's held the record for 14 years. The Pretty best impressive. Labor Day opening weekend. It just yeah. shows you the appeal of Halloween stuff. Michael though. Myers, yeah, absolutely. I, absolutely. I... I, I I do think the first half is interesting just because it's different. It's almost like a fan-made YouTube video. I just wish they didn't talk like that. Yeah. I'm, I'm thinking more of Little Michael, really, and the oh, sanatorium yeah. scenes rather than... I think he's good as well. Fan. I think well, I was going to say that. I think the kid is one of the best things in the film. Yeah. Because he's really... He's quite odd-looking. But he's yeah. not... He's not. He's quite a cute kid, but Super there's something cute, off yeah. about him. And I thought his performance is really good. Yeah. I thought, yeah, I thought the, the kid is, is one of the best things in it. But then it's very odd that he's done this big departure and he's done all, added all this extra stuff for mm. the second half to be a beat for beat modernization. I kind of don't get it. I feel like, I don't know whether he was leaned on or, yeah, I, it's an odd thing because it's, there's one thing for him to go after Boo and, you know, we're positioning, there's a bit more to that relationship because he doesn't kill her in the beginning. He mm. protects her. He loves her. Why then have Linda and Annie and Bob and why kill Bob in the same way? And yeah. why have the she and all this sort of stuff? It's just kind of strange to me. But it also, it does that. It's a weird deja vu, modern deja vu thing. It does that really strange thing where it changes, it's like he's changing things for the sake of changing things so he can go, oh no, it is a little bit different. So Bob is at the top of the stairs, not in the kitchen yeah. and all the shots are slightly from different angles. You mentioned and Ben like Tramer. That. Yeah. It's all these like, Odd things, you know. Um, but then also... See anything you like, Linda says. It's like, what's happening here? Because I've spent 55 minutes watching a very different interpretation of yeah. Michael Myers, whether I think it's good or bad, by the bite. It's been yeah. different. And then all this stuff happens. She's like, yeah. oh, what's going on here? Yeah, I, I don't... I kind of don't understand what the point of any of it is, other than... Because I'm not, I'm not a massive... I'm not a fan of Ron Zombie at all. Like, I, I don't think his films are good. I think they're just quite grotesque and I just don't see the point of them and I understand that he wants to get a reaction out of people and things like that but I mean I love horror films but I just don't I don't class him I almost don't think this is a horror this is this is the sort of thing if I tell people I like slasher films I would yeah. hate them to think That's I like this watching, yeah because this is a portrait of a serial killer yeah it's not really a slasher film no when people die in slasher films it's not sad in a way because yeah it's part of the genre. When people die in this, it's horrific yeah. because they're murdered in this. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think there's a tonal difference there and the way mm. that other characters react to those deaths in, say, A Nightmare on Elm Street yeah. is completely different to this because these are fucking brutal. Yeah, that's true, actually. And if my mind was okay with that idea, because that is a good idea, whereas Michael Myers isn't this, isn't this well, fun Well, mythologizes him, yeah. this first film. He is... A Charles Manson like app. He's just a full, full on murderer rather yeah. than a serial. He was killer. made like yeah. yeah. Whereas the charm of this series and why we like the original is there is this mythic element to Michael Myers. Yeah, and it's ambiguous in the first film, but it definitely implies. Well, Loomis is convinced that he's not a man. 
he's pure evil. That is completely stripped away here. Yeah, I think that you hit on really thing. I wrote this in my notes and I was talking to Clara this morning about it and I was like, this is this and particularly the second one, utterly charmless films, I think, for me anyway. And But but I understand there are people who like this shit. Like I understand people really like House of a Thousand Corpses. I think that's borderline unwatchable. Devil's Rejects I like a little bit better, but also at the same time, I don't want to spend an hour and a half, two hours with three people I think are bell ends. And I, and I generally, I when I was watching these films, I was like, I do not want to go for a pint with Rob Zombie. Mm. And ultimately, that's how I judge most films, whether or not I would go for a pint with the director. And so, I don't think he'd be a laugh. Who, who do you think would be a laugh? John Carver would be a laugh. John Carver would be a laugh. Yeah, you get fucked up with you John Carver. Watch NBA and talk Absolutely, about Assassin's yeah. Creed. That'd be amazing. I just, I just, but also we've talked about this before and other things that we've done. And they, I don't think there's anything worse than, or more annoying than a stupid person who thinks they're smart. And I'm not saying Rob Zombie is stupid, but I think he thinks he's making an incredible film. I think he thinks he's a really good filmmaker because the way that he takes so much time, I feel like all Rob Zombie scenes are 10 minutes longer than they need to be. All the chat scenes, I think he thinks he's like young Quentin Tarantino mm. writing, like particularly, and there's a couple of scenes in the second one where they talk about, they have these like little sit downs and things like that. When I was I was watching this going like, who the fuck do you think you are? This is awful. Mm. That's where a lot of the Loomis stuff with Michael and Smith Grove, the idea is more interesting than what you actually get. Mm. The conversations aren't, the dialogue isn't good enough. It's not on point enough for it to be insightful. It's it's utterly charmless. Like the bit where Loomis says, I really don't know what else to say, Michael. I mean, you, you haven't said a word for 15 years. Christ, that's a lifetime. That's nearly twice as long as my first marriage. Wow. Who is this man? Who is this character? Why is he talking like this? Mm. Um, if he's that much of an arsehole, why does he care so much? You can't have him uh, be an utter arsehole. You know he's a bit of an arsehole. Michael, obviously, your job is to somehow reach this child who has killed people. <laughs> I know what you're gonna say. And he's done his new mask. Look at my mask. Oh, wow. Beautiful. Yeah. Why is it all black? Because it's one of my favorite colors. Well, actually, black isn't a color, is it? It's the absence of color and the spectrum of colors. You go from black, which is no color, all the way through to white, which is every color. So technically, not that it really matters, but um, black isn't a color. Why are you picking him up? Yeah, let him have that, Loom. He's been through a lot, mate. <laughs> your, your job right now is to build a rapport with him. <laughs> And you just shit on him. That's like Annie not being able to catch a break when she was a sister. Are you my sister? Nah, not really. Nah, no, really. nah I essentially say that, Michael, but you're fucking wrong. Yeah. I just can't believe it. Oh, yeah, good mask. Uh, that's your favorite mask, isn't it? Well, let me just tell you now. It's fucking bullshit. Absolute bullshit, yeah. by the way. Not a color. So <laughs> it's so bad. Let him have it, man. So then everyone's mean to Michael. Yeah. That's the only thing about this. Um, Michael's, yeah, go on, kill them all. Yeah. The nurse in the, in the sanatorium going, oh, cute baby, couldn't be related to you. Yeah. Oh, we haven't got him far. Cheers, mate. What I don't understand <laughs> as well, right? The I think the mum is quite caring though. She just obviously has a lot going on and a terrible taste in men. Yeah. Because the mum is quite caring. The, the sister is just young. She's just a young sister. That's fine. But like the mum obviously cares a little bit because the one thing that I always noticed is 
there's like handcrafted Halloween decorations that has obviously been she made with an adult. Him. She obviously loves him. She's making eggs in the morning. If you're a negligent, negligent parent, you're not making them eggs, you. Hmm. Do you know what I mean? That well, she, obviously, she's got a really hard life. She's probably had a hard life. Yes. And there's this thing about, you know, you're passing on trauma. She's with a bad dude who's not obviously a good presence to have around. No. Um, but the boyfriend's quite nice to Mike. Yeah, no, they don't take him. To, he goes because they won't take him trick or treating. Yeah, he's. Like, I've had enough here. That is strange, isn't it? I think it's meant to be everything. I mean, he already killed earlier in that day, hasn't he? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So he's gone pretty much. The sister, I love that. I was like, for ages, I couldn't place where I knew her from. Where's do you know where she's from? Yeah, I do recognise her. She's young Jenny and Forrest Gump. Oh, Judith is, yeah. So bonkers, isn't it? Oh. The thing I don't, I was like, that can't be because surely that time doesn't match up. She must have been really young when she was young, Jenny. Yeah. Strange, isn't it? Time, isn't it? Time, mate. I, I think it's very telling we're talking more about Forrest Gump now and Halloween. If we do a Forrest Gump podcast, <laughs> oh, <laughs> that'd be great. Take care, mate. Let's talk about uh, the mask. Which one? Well, let's talk about the actual Michael Myers one. Yes. Um, which I've got to say, the decision to let young Michael wear it. And They're brave, uh, isn't it? Is incorrect. I, I actually, I think it's hilarious. <laughs> it looks like a fucking what? Funko Pop. Yeah, I thought he was, yeah, I thought it was Corinthian big head fo football. Yeah, he does. That's what he looks like. <laughs> like a little Alan Shearer football yeah. figure. Because um, the mask is her boyfriend's mask that he brings around yeah. staggering. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Michael's not having that. No. I mean, I'm glad we didn't see that. No. Um, but that, to me, that shows exactly how classless this film is, that that was an idea. Because that's a silly idea that you talk with your mates in the pub. That is not a, a, an idea you put into a film. So he puts it on as a child and he murders them all yeah. wearing that mask. Mm. Well, he has the clown one a bit as well. Well, this is what I think is terrible about this film. It doesn't really know what it wants to do because he's got the clown mask on and he murders the dad in that. And then for no reason, he decides to switch over to the Michael Myers mask. What the fuck is going on? It's so messy and, and then, weird. And he has that pumpkin one on later. There's no reason for him to be changing masks in that. Because like, you feel like he's... It's becoming Michael, but it's like... You could have just got the Michael Myers mask later when he breaks out. Yeah. Because that's an interesting thing. After he kills them all, yeah. he hides it. Under yeah. the floorboards and the knife. So did he have a plan to come back one day? Why, why was he so taken with that mask? Because when you're in his cell later... He has no connection He to has it. made yeah. versions of that Michael Myers mask on yeah, the wall. Yeah. So he's almost gone, oh, I shouldn't have left that. Uh, they would have taken it off me though. What? What's his... He's got no connection to that mask. We were introduced it because that guy's like, oh, look, I've got this mask. I want to shag you. Eh? Yeah. He's got no connection to that mask. He just, for some reason, this clown mask that we've seen him in the entire time, doing all these, like, doing these awful things to the rats and stuff like that, mm. when he's got I think that's clown generally quite scary at the beginning. Yeah, it, when yeah. he's wearing that mask at breakfast and won't take it off. Yeah. Because also his eyes behind it look slightly misaligned. Mm. So there's something quite disturbing when he's just stirring down Ronnie in it. Take that damn thing off. I'm gonna break it again on your fucking face. Enough, all right? For what it is, let's talk about the actual Michael yes, Myers so, yeah. mask. I, I do generally think this is one of the best masks. It's really good. It's so good. Again, day one, yeah. meeting one. Absolutely, We've had yeah. mask on the agenda. They've also had quite a few years to think about this one. The definition on it is really good. I think it looks quite menacing. 
is depending on how you well. are, depends on how you want to look at it. It, it being menacing is good or bad mm. because we've always said that we like the original because it really gives you nothing from a distance. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Whereas this, I think it looks quite evil. But it's also hard because it's on just a, again, a giant dude. Yeah, he's quite menacing on a small kid as mm. well. Yeah, I don't like when he. I like it when he's got it early doors. When he comes back for it, and it's all like all the scar, all the scars are just too perfect for me mm. because it, it's been it, under a floorboard. Yeah, I, I feel like it was meant to be. Like, is that meant to be it perishing? But oh, it, it does look. Like it looks styled. Looks like it's been struck by lightning. Yeah, it looks too styled. <laughs> it's been under a floorboard doing nothing. Yeah. Why has he got perfectly aligned scars all over his face? It doesn't make any sense at all. That's not how it would perish, surely. I don't know. How would that perish? It just. I don't know. It would just be holes in it. Not like know. that. I don't know. Discolored. Um, but I think the original one, this is the thing, it's going to be really hard to rank this one because there's different versions of the Michael Myers mask that we see. He wears different masks all the way through it. I do... Do I think we've got to do like H2O. It's like the combined experience. Yeah, right? the combined experience. I think this is really good. I do think it's really good, yeah. But where do I think it comes? So what's our current ranking? So from... Worst to best, we've got Halloween 5, mm -hmm. Baggy Neck. Halloween 4, H2O is an experience. Yeah. 2, Resurrection, Curse, Halloween 1. I think I'd put this above Resurrection. I think I'd maybe even Curse. I do think it's really good. It's very similar to Curse, actually. It's got a similar colouring. Yeah. I do, think, I do think it's really good. I think... For me, because of the scars, it goes below curse. I think the perish scars. So above resurrection, though. Above, let's go. I think above resurrection. I'm yeah. I'm very happy with that. Yeah. Although I would also like to put a little shout out to Michael's black mask that he's coloured in. Yeah. Not I think color. it's great. Not color. I think it's great. You fucking idiot, kid. Not a color. What well, you've done there? It's, it's, the, absence it's the absence of color. <laughs> well, why is it? Why is it like? Is it a crayon then? Why? Why give me the crayon that says black on it? It's, like, one of, it's one of the colours. It's one of the coloured crayons that I've got. Oh, Lewis, it's black. It's my favourite colour. Like, why are you getting in my face about that? But I, I would like to think that Give that's, him that. that's the moment where you lost him. Do you know what? It is. Do you know Because it's not a good enough catalyst all the way through it. He's made this lovely little mask that he's put on. Oh, do, you, do you like my mask? Not really, because there's not, no colour on it. Didn't say there was going to be colour on it, did I? I said, I said black. It's my favourite colour. He's just digging at me all day, not, Loomis. Not a colour. Not a colour. You're digging at me. That's like a divorced couple that's been together for too yeah. long, that is like, <laughs> where you just go, it's not a colour, actually. I've already fucking told you that, you stupid bastard. <laughs> I Yeah. Okay, well, I, I'm happy with that. We'll put it above resurrection, but below curse. So this goes in at number three, then. Yeah. <gasps> Love it. So that's the, that. I guess, like, that is the good thing about these films, even though, like, I will never watch this film again, mm. unless I have to do another podcast on it. Um, not rival. I mean, if for some reason we have to do another, like for some reason, yeah. Well, we'll do. We'll reboot this podcast, like like we've done, like Rob Zombie. We'll come done. back and it'll just be like loads of effort and Jeffin. Yeah, loads of effort and Jeffin talking about getting our stomachs. Oh, don't, no, don't, please don't say it. I just, I, when I was watching, it's like this is so revolting. I feel. You need to like take a shower after watching this. Yeah, it's not good, man. It's really I can't imagine that Rob Zombie's a laugh. But also, do you know what I just can't His wife's in it. I can't do you know what I can't understand? It's sitting down and writing this. Sitting down writing that going, there you go, put a shift in today. What'd you write today? I wrote this scene his mother getting her stomach pumped because she's eaten so much cum. That's what I did today. <laughs> what do you want for your tea? <laughs> 
and then this, and then this afternoon we wrote a brilliant scene where Loomis just slags off Michael's mask. Yeah. <laughs> well, we have fatigue. Come on. Big actually, shift today. You, actually, there's a really horrible line about the mum. Uh, would you like to play her? Yeah. Do you know why? Uh, I read a thing going. Do you know why he got his wife to play it? Because his wife's tall. And he was like, oh, it's got to make sense that because Michael, we're going to get a six foot eight motherfucker to play him. So it's got to be a reason for him to be tall, well, a.k.a. the, the mum's tall. That's stupid because we literally don't know who Michael's dad is. I can't we, get over we, that. We could, we could just assume that maybe his dad was massive. I can't get over that in a film about Michael, about Michael Myers. Let's and Broken Homes. Broken Homes, absolutely fine. But in that, we don't know anything about his dad unbelievable that is um all right well that's good max ranking let's talk about michael's performance i think we've already said but i think talk about the kid oh fantastic so he's the first you know 50 minutes of the movie nearly mm. so he is michael and also it's the most michael has ever spoken before yeah so i think it's worth talking about him for a little bit <sighs> yeah i think he is generally really good because he's as you say like he's really cute but there's something off about him the lad's called Dag Fage. Yeah, have you seen pictures of him? Probably mispronounced that, but... Have you seen pictures of him now? Yeah. Oh, that's fucking weird. He looks weird. I think all that scene beginning when he's um, at the breakfast table is really effective. Yeah. Stuff at school. And when he finally snaps at the bully. Like, yeah, you feel yeah, sorry yeah. for him. And I think you're, you are meant to feel sorry for him. Which I think, for me, when we'll talk about Halloween later as a thing, completely changes the dynamic of what this is as yeah. a Halloween film and how you perceive Michael Myers. Yeah. But it's testament to him that you do feel sympathy because you feel sorry for him. But, you go along with it, yeah. yeah. I think that's really good. I, generally, I, I think this performance is probably one of the best things in it. I've put it for later on, but when he talks, when he's going, there's like an absence of feeling there that I think, I don't know how this little kid is acting that. Mm. Because it's so good. On the flip side. On the flip side, giant Tyler Maine as six, he's six foot eight. That's, six foot eight. That's too big, isn't it? As, as too tall that is. Because, do you know what? You know when they start doing these sort of covers, I guess, of the of the scenes from the original Halloween, when he does the school stand, right? Because <laughs> he's too big. He's too massive that to, for you to almost go, did I just see something? Yeah, you did see something. Because he's six foot eight. <laughs> he's bigger yeah. than the fucking tree. If you... I mean, I'm not a very tall person, but when I see like tall people on the tube, I go, oh, he's tall. Yeah, That's yeah. literally what I, I always think in my head, go, oh, he's tall. And he's a professional wrestler. He's in WCW and he is big. And I, But I just think it's too much. Mm. I, I just think it's too silly. It's, it's, I think maybe we could go six foot four. And that is still really tall. I just think it's, it just makes it said, really silly. When, when we've been talking about Michael's performance previously, a lot of our favorite Michaels weren't tall. It wasn't It wasn't a thing. Mm. So Zombie here has made a real choice that I want him to be... Because here, in this film, he is not supernatural evil. Mm. So to make him scary, I'll just make him massive yeah. and physically imposing. And yeah, because yeah. that's how we won't be able to stop him. You won't stop him in this film because he's animated by evil or something supernatural. You find it hard to stop him just because he's massive. Yeah. I, and that's also, how he can do some of the things he does in this film. I, th I think he makes some really bad decisions when they show what Michael is doing as well. But there was a bit in particular where he's knocking on the door. And I just think it would have been so much scarier if you didn't actually see the physical act of, of Michael knocking. Because I think in other Halloweens, you would just hear the impact of it and you wouldn't have to see him do it. But I just think like that's, again, like I think loads of these scenes are just so flabby and they have so, many, so much info in them that I just don't think you need to see. 
And I think Michael actually knocking and doing things. This is the thing. We always talk about this. It's like when they give Michael too much to do is when he's at his worst, I think. Because it shouldn't, shouldn't be seeing Michael doing bits. No. And I, I just think that's that that's what's really bad. Also, I don't want to hear Michael grunting. No. That's what? A, that's such an odd decision. It is a weird one. But again, it's in this one, he is not supernatural. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, yeah. you would grunt. You would make a noise. Yeah. He lifts Bob up because he's just really strong. Yeah. It's weird. It Again, it's consistent with what he's trying to do. Yeah. I just think then this ceases to be Halloween, really. Yeah. I just don't want to hear him grunting, basically. Don't want to hear him grunting. Don't want to make him uh, make noises. Do you know one thing I think is absolutely fantastic? That weird transition where Laurie's walking home, right? I had to rewind it because I thought I thought I missed it. She's walking home and you're seeing shots of her going through the trees. And then for, for some reason, it just switches to, it's a shot of Michael walking through the trees and then back to Laurie. It's brilliant. I, well, I had that in a category. Right. That bit's genuinely good. Yeah. It's fantastic. I just put it in my scariest moment. Oh, right. Awesome. It really reminds me of Ty West's intro to House of the Devil, where mm. she's walking, and this is really like long shots of the the main character walking around. It really reminded me of that, and I really liked it, but what a weird little thing to put in. The bit where, it, when the camera moves, you know where he is. He's just obscured by a tree. Yeah. And you never see him again. But it's weird because throughout that scene where she's talking to her mum, yeah. you're like, I know he's there. Yeah. I know he's behind that tree. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And it's really unsettling. It's actually quite a classy moment for this mm. film. I mean, anything that's not, yeah, it's yeah. not hard. Yeah, no, exactly. It's, I, I think, you know, unfortunately for the guy, he is massive. And I just think he's been dealt a bit of a hospital pass here because anytime you see someone massive doing all these different things, I just think it looks silly. Mm. It's too big, man. Too big. See anything you like? Okay, enough. Joke's over. Beer, please. Well, let's talk about stupidest decision then. And so the one I'm going to talk about is a horrendous scene. It's the one that is in the version that has become, you said, the actual version. The fact so, so this wasn't in the theatrical cut. It's no. in the unrated cut, which you get on home ends. Yeah. But that cut has effectively become the favoured one. And that's, that's right, the one that yeah. zombie favours. Yeah. And it, I mean, this scene is one of the most disgusting scenes, I think. Yeah, I've put this as the stupidest decision. Okay, good. Yeah. Well, well, one, putting this scene in. But yeah, I mean, Rob Zombie thinking that he can write dialogue. That's no one. But two drunk tiny men like these tiny little hillbillies rape a woman in michael's cell but i mean that is is absolutely abhorrent anyway i fi- i think it's disgusting i don't want to see that shit but also he's massive and you know he's a, he, he's killed several people he's killed several he's, ki- people. he's killed someone while being in the hospital yeah what and that was when he was a kid yeah why are you fucking about with michael myers what why are you in his cell it doesn't matter. Like, yeah. oh yeah, he hasn't got a knife or anything like that. His hands are bigger than your head. I, I can't get my head around. Look at the state of his room. And then it's it, covered in masks. <laughs> what are you doing? And then when it kicks off, they like they look really shocked that he's kicked off. What did yeah. you think was going to happen? Also, because he's in his room, he's not even chained up. <laughs> he's just walking um, about. I, I think it is quite telling in that scene. Michael doesn't really care about the rape. He lets it no. happen. Michael isn't, you know, he doesn't intervene to stop the rape happening. No. It's only when they touch his masks yeah, yeah, does yeah. he kick off. So 
there's a moment you're like, oh, is Michael Myers going to be like a hero here and stop this from happening? Nope. No, just lets it happen. Doesn't care about that. Yeah. and then So he is completely gone. It's when he touches his mask that he kicks off. And then similarly, soon after, when he kills Danny Trejo as well, he's like, it was good to you, Mikey. Yeah. <laughs> also, I don't think he, that's a stupid decision. When Danny Trejo earlier on says to Mikey, he goes, you, you got to look beyond the wall. You know, learn to live inside your head. No walls that can stop you there. I, I gotta get back to work. You take it easy, Mikey. Don't say that to him. Lewis is like, you better shut the fuck up, mate. Yeah. You would carry on with that mopping and leave him alone. Leave him. Leave his mind to me. All right. I'm on that. That I, is I, really. But that hard. is the moment where you go, oh, because this is the more grounded human take on Michael Myers. Mm. Will he have any sympathy for... No, because he's a psychopath. Yeah. He's an absolute sociopath. He doesn't care about someone being nice to him. I do like that. He'll even use that to his advantage. Absolutely. I do like that. But I think, yeah, that, I mean... Again, it's consistent with the, the take on the character. Why, why, why are you going in there? You know, like, Could you beat him in a fight? No. Well, maybe don't go in his cell and fuck about that. I think that's definitely a stupid decision. I've got one other contender. Go on. Bracket taking Boo and not doing the adoption stuff properly. Oh, right. Because Brackett takes her and he goes, I didn't want this baby to like have this all around her growing mm. up. So he just dumps her at a nearby hospital. And right. then she ends up coming back to Haddonfield anyway. It's like, yeah, yeah. if you want her to be, submit her officially into adoption and get her adopted across the country. Yeah, that's true. She doesn't need to know any about this. this that could be terms of her adoption. Yeah. It's so funny. He goes, I'll just drop her at this hospital. Oh, she's back in town. Oh, she's oh, oh, Jesus oh. Christ. Yeah. Like a boomerang. What is, actually... If he'd just gone and go, oh, we found this daughter. Because, I mean, if your mum killed yourself and you've got no other living relatives, she's going into the system anyway, yeah, right? I would have thought. So that's what I'm thinking. And then you wouldn't know. Maybe the people adopting her would get told. I don't think they would, would they? No, of course not. It would just all be anonymous. Yeah, so why is he getting involved? <laughs> As a police officer, he should know the right way of doing stuff. Also, if you're going to get... He thinks he's being nicer to the baby. He's like, you're, yeah. you're actually not. If you're going to get involved, get involved in the right way and just do it properly. But he's not done that, has he? Because there was that moment in the film where I I was trying to figure out whether the Strodes knew who Boo was. Right, yeah. Because I was like, if they do know that that is Boo Myers or yeah. Angel Myers, it's that scene where the dad goes, can you drop this key off at the Myers house again? Yeah. But I, I don't, I take it as they don't know who she is. But in the original, I think they definitely, they definitely know. Well, in the original, he isn't, yeah. But in this, yeah. When they wrote the right. first film, they, I don't think they even had that idea. But No, that's, yeah, that's true, actually, yeah. Yeah, that's that's fair enough. I, I think that is a good, stupid decision, but I think two men going in and then being surprised when Michael fucks you up is, is I mean, that's what's going to happen, lads, isn't it? I got an idea. I got me a fucking bona fide, sure shit idea. Scariest moment then? So I kind of touched upon yours. Yeah, it's them stalking them on those streets. And I think why that's also cool is they're back in Pasadena. Mm-hmm. So those streets feel authentic. Like, yeah. It yeah. feels like the original. So Michael walking behind them in broad daylight. Also, which I've been saying recently on these podcasts, is in H2O, Michael Myers was shot from the outside and he was hiding like he was a killer. With this, we return to seeing stuff from Michael's perspective mm. and we're following Michael as he stalks them, yeah. which is how it happens in the original. Yeah. So you are closer to Michael in this film, not just psychologically, but the way that he's shot. Yeah, so. Yeah, yeah. While there's lots of other things about this film not to like, it does shoot Michael in a way that is more consistent with the original. That's true. Yeah, I like that. For my one, I think that I, I, I do. I think that shot where they're walking and it, keep, and it flicks to him for like a second is fantastic because it, it really 
messed me up when I was watching it. I did have another contender. I do genuinely think Michael, as little Michael, asking him, please put my mask back on. With oh. that complete, like, blankness on him. He has no feeling in his voice at all. Please put my mask back on. Please put my mask back on. I think that is genuinely scary. Honey, you don't look good. You have to eat. Come on. Put my mask back on. Michael, please put my mask back on. Come on. Let's try to enjoy the day. But I, I do, I, I think scariest moment is definitely all that stalking scene. I think it's really good. I, I think that weird idea to just in the edit put switch them out for Michael for Laurie for a split. I was, it, yeah, it did me in, man. I thought it was really good. Uh, that's, that is genuinely scary, I think. Evil is here. It's walking amongst us. Doc, it sounds to me like you're talking about the Antichrist. Well, perhaps I am. Let's talk about the best kill then. I haven't got anything. It's just all horrible, isn't it? Yeah, and I've kind of, not to repeat myself, these aren't fun kills, no. which is the whole point of this segment. We saw a man explode by being electrocuted. Yeah. That doesn't happen. There's a sort of artificial reality to slasher film. Yeah. This is murders. And it's the way that people react to them. People are like traumatized by this stuff. Yeah. So I, don't, I feel a bit, I don't know if I'm going, oh, this is my favorite kill. Because it's basically yeah. like, what's my favorite murder? Yeah. It's, it's not nice, and is then it? also like because they're all treated in the, in a really almost kind of like slightly more realistic way. Yeah, none of them are there very fun. No, there's a lot of just like banging things into things or squeezing things. There's no like actual. It's, yeah, it's just a lot of it's lots of really rough, horrible man. bodily harm. The act of stabbing someone in this is really horrible. It's a yeah. really physical act. He is massive, like we keep saying. So it's a really physically traumatic action. Yeah, I don't, it's. I don't have anything. I just think um, Rob Zombie is just all over the place as well. And I think this is not this is no more apparent than in Danny Trejo's kill. Because Danny Trejo's kill, you watch that, you watch that scene back, is all over the place. It's, he's squeezing his head, then he's, putting water, then he's putting him in the water and drowning him for a bit. Then he gets a telly off and smashes the telly. I'm just like, it's all over the place. It's like he doesn't know what, what he wants to do with it. And I think a lot of them feel all a lot of the kills do feel like that actually we should just say for housekeeping ask me how many kills how many how many killings 23 kills from michael across the theatrical and unrated cuts two animals oh. elvis the rat and a coyote oh. one accidental shooting and a suicide a lot going on isn't there? a lot going on there's a lot of just odd things as well i think the joe grizzly scene would have been a lot more fun or could have been a lot more fun it feels like it should be a funny scene but it's not no, again it's not. because the whole tone and treatment of thing makes it hard for that not just to seem like a weird murder yeah well just when he says he says like let me introduce myself i'm joe grizzly bitch when he opens the door and he's and he sees michael it's like ronnie pickering who remember who remember is six foot eight and he's wearing a mad mask he's not surprised one bit to this guy's there and wearing a mask. What? How? What was happening? I just don't What's care. What's the best case scenario there? I know. It's bad, man. Just talking to himself while he's looking at that porn mag as well. It's disgusting. It's not even a kill, but like chasing Annie around when she got her boobs out and stuff. Mm. I don't like that at all. Yeah, it's weird that it's Daniel Harris. I know. Also as well, she we talked about her when she was a kid. She's still good now. I think she's a good actress. Yeah. Still in this. And also, I think she's well. like five foot one. Right. Michael's she's six foot eight. 
Yeah, so, so when I do the kills for, to add them up, I also like write down the method. Mm. And just going through these, it's just horrible. It's like head bashed 11 times, yeah. throat ripped out, stabbed 14 times. It's like, it's just so Over much. The top, isn't it? Like when um, the bully that Michael kills at the beginning, that's awful to yeah, watch. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know that is the point of that scene. Yeah. It's his first killing. And it, but you know what that was meant to be originally? I don't even, do you want to even know what that was meant to be originally? Go on. This is Rob Zombie. He's been allowed to make films. So his original, because he think, I think he thinks he's been really edgy. Yeah, he does. So in the film, he kills the bully that torments Michael about his mum being a stripper. Yeah. Originally, it was going to be Michael just randomly abducted a nine-year-old girl, killed, killed her, and then urinated on her. Great. Well done. And also the opening scenes in the original um, script was Michael masturbating. Great. To the animal pictures he took. Great. Let's go watch that on a Saturday night as well. Great. What are we doing afterwards? You want to go for dinner? No, I don't. I want to go sit in the dark. I want to go home and cry, cry, actually. So I just, I don't get it. I know there's an audience for that kind of nastiness and things like that, but it's not a laugh, is it? Keep it away from my Michael. <laughs> it's just, I don't get it. Mm. I really don't get it. It's just, I don't know. It's like the people who think like Charles Manson is a legend and stuff like that. But I don't know if you've ever listened to any of Rob Zombie's music. It's not good. Is it lyrically stuff like this? It's pretty nasty, but it's no, it's it's more sort of like industrially quite rock. It, I mean, it's all he dresses up, sort of like Alice Cooperish, right? Okay. And dances around. Stuff. Well, good for him. Good for him, mate. Just not in my Halloween, if that's all right. Thank you. Not in my Halloween. Um, I, I mean, if we got to give a best kill. Uh, I think... Um, when he kills Ronnie's pretty good. Yeah, when he kills... I think that's really generally a good kill. Because he's smart enough to know, yeah. I'm a kid, I can't physically overpower you at this point. Yeah. So he waits till he's boozed out his face and he ties him up. Yeah. Because um, I guess we talk... Like, you know, he kills Bob in pretty much the exact same way, except without... Because our favourite kill from the original Halloween is Bob. He kills Bob in almost the exact same way, except takes out all the stuff that I really like about it. So he manages to make a shite. So well done. But I, 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 I'd be absolutely happy with giving it to Ronnie. And also, Ronnie's a piece of shit. He's awful. Let me introduce myself. I'm Ronnie Pickering. Who? Ronnie Pickering. Who? Ronnie Pickering. Who the fuck's that? Yeah, me. All right, let's talk about the survivors then. Let's talk about Loomis and this Loomis. Mm. I know we really enjoy Donald Pleasance is just off the wall. But I don't know. I don't know what this is. Yeah, it's it's very strange performance, isn't it? And sometimes you kind of go, when he first comes to school, you go, oh, he's a good guy. Mm. He seems really, good. And I think, again, there is a big lapse of time in this. Yeah. And then the fundamental difference here, and I've touched on it already, is in this, it's a real dereliction of duty mm. that this happens to Michael. Therefore, Loomis is more haunted by what's going on and he feels more responsible. Yeah. Whereas Donald Pleasance, he's just like, he's evil. There's yeah. nothing any psychiatrist could do. Mm. So here, there is a real failure on his behalf to not reach Michael during those 15 years. Yeah. Because if he was a better doctor, maybe he could have got, got through. Yeah. Because, yeah, I mean, he just doesn't do anything, does he? He's just sitting there talking to him all the time, again, but this time, not he as He just cool. gives up on him, I think. Yeah, I don't, I don't I, But I think that adds a bit more drama to the end. Yeah. So in the original... Loomis should shoot Michael because he's pure evil. Yeah. You've got to stop him. Whereas this, when he confronts him in the empty swimming pool, I think the staging is pretty good. Mm. If you think about the dynamic there, 
Loomis eventually has to shoot him because he's failed him in every other way. Yeah. The only way they can stop him. Like he could have stopped him years ago, didn't. Yeah. The only the only choice he has now is to shoot him. Yeah. And it is more like emotionally painful because this is the little boy that he spent so much time with. Yeah. There's more emotion to that shooting than there is in the original where it's just like, he has to stop this evil. Yeah. But isn't it strange though? Like he's really oddly like sidelined in this. Whereas in the original, he's almost like, as we say, like he's the Van Helsing, the sort of hero character. But well, he's trying to alert them to the fact that he's more than just a man. Yeah. Whereas in this, it's like, everyone knows that Michael Myers was a psychopath. Yeah. We remember what he did, yeah. But this is the real world, isn't it? And it's like, oh, serial killer's just back on the loose. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. The, the, the people at the hospital do try and blame Loomis. Mm. But the problem really there is though, just to go back on what I said is, yeah, he has failed to like rehabilitate him, but surely then you just keep him locked up. Yeah. You know, it's not, if another, if a serial killer escapes, I think it's more on the people who let him out. Absolutely, yeah. Than the fact that he wasn't rehabilitated. Yeah, I guess it's because he's written this book and stuff, which I guess we'll go into in the next episode. Um, because, it, yeah, Loomis goes in, I mean, if you think this is bad, boy, he goes in the second film. Is I feel like it's a different character. Out of control. Let's talk about Laurie, because there's a couple of scenes where I think she is generally good. And there's a couple of scenes where I just think, oh, you, why do I care? She's all, like the bit with the bagel at the beginning with her mum. Guess what, mom? Mr. Nichols touched me the wrong way. Oh, whoa, whoa. Okay, that is so not funny. You want a screwdriver, mommy? You want a hammer? Look at this, mom. Oh, Lori! I'm sorry, I'm Stop. sorry. Okay, okay. Are you eating? No, I'll get something at school. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, sure. Oh, yeah. Like, I, I just, it's weird because she's not like the goody two shoes. No. The Jamie Lee Curtis. Which I'm is. fine with. She is maybe a little bit more than her friends, but yeah. still, she's not you know, this virginal final girl or anything mm. like that. But it's weird that it's hard to have a connection with her in the same way because you get to her 55 minutes in. Yeah. So you spend so much time with Michael. Yeah. It's an odd thing to then suddenly spend time with Laurie. Yeah. It's strange, isn't it? Because almost it go, it, that beginning bit is really long. It's, it's so long. It's half the film. I think it's like 40 minutes until he's done the killings. Yeah. It's hard, isn't it? But do you know what? I love the, there's a couple of bits in this which really remind me of Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And I think that final scene where she's just screaming, she's got blood all over it. That, I mean, that's full on Texas Chainsaw Massacre. That mm. is, and I do really like that. But I, I, yeah, I think she is good. I just think there's just a, a lot to her that I, I just didn't really connect to. I think really. I think that's because it's Michael's film. Yeah. In another film, you don't need Laurie. Yeah. If you didn't want to remake the original and do this bit, it's really the story of Michael and Loomis, isn't it? Yeah. Because at the end, it's Loomis realizing that his failure means he has to kill someone. Yeah. You can get a scene. I do like the scene where you see Loomis buy his gun. Yeah. And he's, he's been sold it by Mickey DeLenz from the monkeys. Yeah. It's so strange, isn't it? Yeah. And another thing like, that's really strange with that, Udo Kier. Like, apparently he had a load of oh, scenes cut. cut. Yeah. But it's really strange to have him in it because he's a massive actor. And he's in it for about 10 seconds. Because he's also... What's going on here? You don't cast someone that uniquely weird for yeah. a small role because he's got, well, he's obviously a wrong one. Or a vampire. Well, this is the thing. Is he a vampire? In another, I think, putting him. If you're going to do something odd with um, Loomis, put Udo here as well. He's always weird. The more I think about it, I'm more up for the whole film just being Michael and Loomis. Yeah. I'm going to write that as a stage play. It's better. <laughs> I'll have better dialogue tell cool. you that waiting for Laurie <laughs> yeah. well it's 55 minutes yeah um, 
Yeah, I mean, I think there's there's good and bad, and we have to spend more time with her in the next thing. We get more spend more time with these two. I think what's really interesting is Annie survives as mm, well. Interesting, not slight only, departure from the original, mm. and she's also roughed up pretty nastily as well. Yeah, because I almost thought, is she alive or not? It, it's really not clear. I, I thought that was odd because it is Daniel Harris returning to the series. Mm. It's odd that they decided for Michael not to kill her. I wonder if it factored in the fact that she was this previous. I think she's like a fan favorite from four to six and That's four right, to yeah. six got treated pretty shoddily after yeah. H2O. So where there was some part of going, oh, let's bring her back into the franchise. Yeah. But for no, not a connection or anything like that is a completely new thing. It's just a little wink in it really. If you yeah. Know. Yeah, yeah, which I kind of like. I'm, I'm kind of into to be fair. And then I guess that sets up quite a nice thing for the second one then where these two girls have been through this trauma together. Mm which is kind of interesting, I guess. I mean, he doesn't do anything with it, but, you no. Know. <laughs> no, 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 no. These eyes do not see what you and I see. Behind these eyes, one finds only blackness, the absence of light. These are the eyes of a psychopath. Michael was created by a perfect alignment of interior and exterior factors gone violently wrong. A perfect storm, if you will. Thus creating a psychopath that knows no boundaries and has no boundaries. Well, let's talk about Michael's motivations then, right? Because I kind of don't know. Well, what do you mean? I don't know what his in, what his plan is when he finds Laurie. Yeah, I, I think when he's a child, everyone is horrible to him. And I keep coming back to the thing that Loomis says: it is the perfect storm. Yeah, he had this in him anyway. He had these tendencies, but he was in the worst possible environment for it. So if he had a better home, yeah, maybe he wouldn't have gone down this path. Yes. The baby, probably just by virtue of being a baby, is the only one that's not horrible to him. So he yeah. protects her and saves her at the end. So years later, one, he doesn't he hasn't broken out sooner. He mm -hmm. just goes home and he almost wants to reconnect with his sister. Yeah. And how would he know what Laurie looks like when she's older? Yeah. And the only th weird thing it implies is he smells that thing almost like he gets her scent in a primal way when she puts it through the door. He like oh. smells it. It's almost like that place to me, like the realization. Yeah. That's boo. Oh, a hundred percent. That is when but it then happens. then what is that? Like yeah. he's saber tooth. What did she smell like? I think Wolverine, he can smell his family, his kinship. Weirdly, he has played saber tooth. Know, so. yeah. <laughs> it's an odd. And then at the end, so he, you know, like the original, it also reminds me of a little bit of, um, five, when mm. Daniel Harris's character, when he takes her up and he's almost got all that stuff to present her and she says, Uncle Boogeyman. Yeah. It's almost a bit like that scene where he takes his mask off and he's almost vulnerable in front of Laurie. Mm. And she doesn't understand him basically saying, you are my sister. Yeah. She ain't gonna, is but she? What's the best case scenario there? That she gives you a hug. It's like, because she doesn't know that that's her. No. Because, I mean, that's a baby. So, mm. you know, if you didn't... But it has no pictures of when she was like... Exactly. From yeah. that era anyway. So it doesn't really make any sense. Yeah, that's what I mean. Unless you're going to actually say it, you're really... You're going to struggle it, Mike. Yeah. To be honest. Do you like charades? Judith Myers. That mum. Even if you're My like... My mum. Even if you're like... 
there's a lot your fingers have got to do. He's <laughs> also done work. a pumpkin for some reason as yeah. well. It's 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 a, Halloween. Yeah, Judith Myers, <laughs> Michael Myers. Yeah, it's hard, isn't it? I mean, there was one. I think I read there was one treatment of the ending, which is quite good. Where he um, because obviously call he takes his mask off. Yeah, and he says boo. Oh. And obviously that plays as boo, like I'm going to scare yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's almost calling her by her name. And at that yeah. point she kills him because she's scared. Right. But I think that's kind of like, that's a little bit of a neater ending. I mean, it's better. And it's a callback yeah. to the I beginning like and this little nickname he had for his sister. Yeah, yeah. But it would play as, that's the thing. What he's doing there is actually a really nice, sweet thing. Yeah. But if misinterpreted, yeah. it's a really sinister, it's fucked really up sinister. thing to say. Yeah, and then results in his death. Give me that. I like that. I think that's way better than what we get. But yeah, I, I guess that's what that's what we get, really, isn't it? Yeah, I think the ending. Maybe I'm trying to give it more than it has. Mm. In the end, when she's on top of him yeah. and she's got the gun and she's shaking, yeah, Michael holds her hand. Now, for me, in the best version of this film, I'd like to interpret that as an ambiguous gesture. Yeah, is he trying to misdirect the gun, or is he going steadying her? Yeah, and going fucking kill me yeah yeah yeah. i kind of like to believe that that's the case that'd be great because i think that uh, that makes the film more interesting to me that he wants her to do it yeah and he just steadies her hand i would love that to be a thing i just i don't think that's what it is he's definitely not misdirecting it is it but i guess we know in the second one he doesn't die here yeah i really don't how should you not kill him well, there's an entirely massive scene about how really powerful that gun is. And they basically talk about the damage that it can do. If you want to uh, blow its fucking head off, this is what you want. 357 oh. Magnum. Wolf mainspring, polyagonal rifling. Beautiful, beautiful. Poly- Muzzle what? velocity of 1,450 Great, just wrap it up. That's fine. Okay, okay. okay. That's take fine. it easy. Thank you. Yes, I'm, I'm in a bit of a hurry. Uh, if you could just wrap it up, that'd be great. Thank you. What are we hunting? He'll blow his head off. She might, unless she's missing. Yeah, I like. I definitely like to think he's steadying her hand. That is quite interesting. Because then, did he just want to see her one last time? And he doesn't care about his own life. No. That that's kind of interesting because we feel in the originals that Michael's going to keep on killing because he's got an agenda. Yeah. Here he doesn't. He just did. He want to just see his little sister one last time. And Absolutely. He, he doesn't yeah. value his life any more than anyone else's. Yeah. Yeah. I guess. <laughs> is he is he is he pure evil in this he's not and it's what's really strange though is he's still got this mad super strength where he can walk through walls and stuff but like i that. think that's why they make him six foot eight right yeah because it's still be hard to do but i can believe six foot eight tyler main can maybe lift up bob yeah and i think if you make him small then you're in the supernatural realm again yeah yeah so i th- i think the whole point of this film is he's not pure evil he's just he was massive. made a psychopath he's just massive <laughs> I'm massive. <laughs> yeah, I think so. I, I don't. Yeah, I think he's not pure evil in this at all. I don't think even think it's ambiguous in any way, isn't it? Because you have 55 minutes of them going. No, actually, we made them. He's just massive, and he's got good smell. <laughs> On the next episode, we're interpreting a white horse as things go from bad to properly nasty in Rob Zombie's Halloween Two. The Definitive Companion is made by RKG. We make podcasts and videos about things we love, including manifestations of pure evil. If you'd like to find out more, visit patreon.com forward slash RKG.